Welcome to the Press Row Show, the only live streaming show from Press Row Wells Fargo Center, also known as our basements right now. I'm Russ Joy at Joy on Broad, joined as always by the magical, majestic creature that is Anthony Sanfilippo, who you can find on Twitter, at AntSanPhilly. Anthony, um, an interesting third period. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a decent shutdown period for the Flyers. Um, there were some chances, obviously. Um, that Montreal had, um, you know, Carter Hart had to make a couple of saves, but for the most part, look, the Canadians got 28 shots in the game. It's not a lot anymore, right? It's just not. Carter was good. Um, and, 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 and the team, you know, really limited, uh, what Montreal could do there in the third period. They really did a nice job. So, you know, is it the game that you wanted? Is it is it their best best performance? No, um, but again, talent wins out. You know, in 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 a, in a series like this, and it it certainly did tonight. Uh, the Flyers had a terrible second period, great first period, okay third period. You probably you know I see that. Our friend BJ Beretta gave a grade already. He's not far off, um, and and you know it's one of those it's one of those performances where you say, you know, not the best game, but we got the win. Now game two, you come back out and you got to give your best game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because I, I think this is about as good of a game as you could have gotten from from Carey Price if you're Montreal. Um, and I know that we had said going into the series that yeah, you know, chance he could maybe steal a game uh, and make you know, some of these results difficult. It is worth pointing out that the Flyers had a shot from Claude Giroux earlier in the game that hit the post. They had a Nate Thompson wide open net that he just flat out flubbed uh, in the third period. You had a Scott Lawton slap shot when you had Carey Price dead to rights that could have gone in. This could have just as easily been a 4-1 result in favor of the Flyers. You could play the flip side of that as well, that, you know, I think Carter Hart was about as good as, as he could be in this one, um, was steady, managed uh, quite the onslaught in the second period from Montreal. I think even in the third period, there were moments where uh, it felt like things were kind of going awry. We saw a lot of uncharacteristic plays by Matt Niskanen, Justin Braun. We saw some iffy plays from uh, Shane Gosses Bear. I, I would say that the the best three defensemen on the ice for the Flyers tonight. Obviously, Ivan Provorov, I think, was was excellent. Had the uh, the first goal of the game. And then I, I think the pair of Sanheim and Myers, once again, you know, was a stabilizing force. But the veteran defenseman on this team, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why it's become more of a thing since play has resumed. I don't know if it's just a matter of trying to find your legs again or trying to get your body right. But... Matt Niskanen's a guy that we haven't had much of a concern about at all this season. And he was making some plays out there tonight that, that were just not at the standard that we would expect. Justin Braun's had, you know, some up and down moments this season, but again, like even, even tonight, I think he, it was one of the worst performances that he's had for Philadelphia this season. So you hope that those guys can kind of lean on their, you know, their experience going deep into the postseason and, you know, Niskanen's case winning the Stanley Cup and that they'll get it together, that that they'll kind of get back to form. But, um, you know, if that's the worst thing you could say about the team after this one, that's not a 
a bad game by any stretch. We've got a lot of comments, questions, and concerns popping in, so let's get to those. Um, Chris G over on Twitter says, Hart stole that game. I'm, I'm not going to say he stole it. I, I, I again, I, I think don't the think... Flyers are the better team. You agree with that? Yeah, I, I just, I mean, he had some nice saves. Um, he also had help from a post. Um, but I also think a lot of the shots that he saw were not high quality. I mean, there were a few. I mean, he ha- he made some nice saves. I'm not trying to downplay it. I thought he had a really good game, but I don't think that it was one where you sit there and say, you know, the goalie stole the, the win for you. Uh, just to put a, a little bit of a bow. So high danger chances as tracked by natural stat trick um, says the Canadians had uh, 13 high danger chances compared to the Flyers only having eight. Uh, they also had 28 scoring chances compared to the Flyers 20. So I don't know. I mean, what was the expected goals Russ? Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> you really want the expected goals? You really want me to like, do you want, do you, do you want me to go out and I really stand, don't, I really stand, don't stand, stand, in, stand in traffic? You, you know what the expected goals were? Two to Doesn't one matter. flyers. Yeah. Right. Uh, That's the expected goals. Well, you know what, guys? I'm sorry. We need to sign off right now because, unfortunately, the Flyers lost uh, the expected goals battle 3.14 pi to 2.28. So with that, thank you for joining us uh, tonight. It's a shame that the Flyers lost the expected goals battle, and I expect them to uh, to just head home after this one in, uh, in, with their heads bowed in shame. All right, BJ Beretta says, A-plus result, B-minus performance. That's about right. Yep. That's about right. Yep. Uh, Christopher Hauk over on Twitter says, well said, Ant, to your uh, initial your initial soliloquy. That was uh, rather short. Thanks, Chris. Uh, Daniel Lucier, perhaps? Let's go with French. Lucier says, oh, yeah, Philly, three more. Chris, mm-hmm. Chris G on Twitter says, please sit JVR. That's I, not going to happen. Can I say really quickly, the play that he made toward the end of the third period, where on the national telecast, I don't remember who it was, said, that's a power move there from JVR. If he were that guy, more often, fans would get off his back. But those plays are so few and far between that I get why people get on the guy. Um, Bags2020 says, Carter Hart is a brick wall. Love this kid. And Bilovis says, Weber preventing two empty net goals. I honestly thought that that was one of the more impressive efforts, one of the more impressive sequences of the entire game, including a, a kick save and a beauty there to uh, keep the deficit at a one goal uh, lead for the Flyers. Christopher Halkover on Twitter says, which forward were you disappointed with? And which D man were you disappointed with? Um, well, we've already touched on the D. I mean, there was, th- I, I'll tell you, I just don't like the pairing of, of Gostas bear and Braun together. I don't think they complement each other. Well, they just don't. So I think a change is going to come there. Um, it has to, uh, but Nisk. You mentioned Niskanen, um, just not did not have a very good game tonight. Um, forward wise, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to really identify one forward and say one forward had a bad game. Um, I, I didn't like. I didn't like the the third line. I didn't like. I didn't love the. I didn't. I didn't love. The, the offensive production period. Like I thought that they needed to do more. I was disappointed in the third line. I, I thought that, you know, again, the, the line itself, not having much, if any experience together before this game, 
you know, you're you're figuring that there are going to be some kinks that you have to work out. But I kind of thought that Voracek's game, um, you know, his playmaking was was going to end up playing a bigger role and and kind of elevating that line, and it didn't happen. And what ended up happening, I thought, kind of made it feel like you had two fourth lines instead of a third line and then like a three and a half line if JVR plays well uh, down on the fourth line. It, it was a kind of a strange and somewhat disappointing thing. Can I, you know, I know you're not going to agree with this, but until until we see Claude Giroux getting himself actively involved in a goal-scoring play and and getting himself in dangerous positions to score. I know that he hit the post uh, in the first period, but it's it's been a little bit not totally concerning for me, but the fact that this top line just continues to kind of struggle to get themselves in involved in those plays and and to get to a point where like it seems like so much of your scoring has been coming from your defensemen. Well, let's put it let me just respond to it this way. The, the big goal against Tampa by Farabee, top line was on the ice. The big goal tonight by Farabee, the top line was on the ice. I mean, I don't know what more you want. I mean, just because Farabee's the guy that's scoring it and it's not Giroux or Couturier that's scoring, they're still out there. They're still making plays. Um, you know, I don't, I, I'm okay with it. I, I, I don't think that they've played poorly. Let's put it that way. Okay. So the 20 year old kid's the one that's the one. Depositing the biscuit in the basket. And that doesn't matter. You you sound like everyone else. You see, this was the thing. We just had a complaint about JVR, right? We had a complaint about JVR. Sure. Ten years ago, they weren't they weren't playing JVR enough. But now that he's a veteran, we complain about the, the veteran, right? We can that's but that's what we do. That's what fans do. Fans complain about the veteran players. They want young, the young player, young players, young players. It's all the young players. And I, yeah, I get it. You want you're excited about the young guys. But don't sit there and and hold a harsher spotlight on a veteran player. I'm telling you, if you watch the way the game is being played, that they're out there competing and busting their ass. I, I don't sit there and think that these guys are not trying or not playing. I don't think that they're necessarily playing poorly. If they are, I'll say it. Mm-hmm. I'll call them out on it. But, I mean, I, I'm not worried about Claude Giroux right now. I'm really not. I'm not worried about Sean Couturier. I'm not worried about... Uh, Jake Voracek. I'm not worried about, I mean, JVR on the fourth line. I'm not worried about that. I mean, I thought for the fourth line, it's fine. You know, it is what it is. I mean, I, I, it's it's easy to sit there and say, oh, well, if it wasn't for the young kid, guess what? Joel Faraby wouldn't, wouldn't have scored a goal against Tampa if it wasn't for, you know, the play of Sean Couturier that gets kind of overlooked on that play. And Shane Gossespierre, a veteran who makes a great pass to him. Right, so mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. Yeah, yes, he had a great. He made the play tonight. Mm-hmm. Farabee was all Farabee tonight, right? Forced the turnover, um, and and you know Sandheim gets the shot in, and he makes Farabee makes a deflection, follows his own rebound. It's all him tonight, okay, in mm-hmm. that goal. But they're on the the other guys are on the ice at that time, so it's 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 not like they're not there. So they they don't have to they don't have to put numbers on the score sheet in order to have good games. That's it's it's been one of my pet peeves forever for a player. Just because they have zeros on the score sheet, don't mean that they played poorly. Okay. If that's how you want to evaluate it, sure, that's fine. <laughs> okay. I just think that if people want or expect their captain to to get himself on the here score we go sheet, again with the, that's, 
here I'm we just, go again with the captain thing. Well, what does it? The captain does it. The C doesn't matter about the score sheet. There's a reason he's a captain okay. that the players want, and they follow him. It has okay. nothing to do with the fact that he scores or he doesn't score. Okay. Some of the best cat, some great captains have not been scorers. Just they haven't. What are you going to do? It's the way it is. Captain on the other team scored tonight is a defenseman. Uh, Christopher Hauk uh, asked that last question. Let's go to Nick Rotindo. First one would have been the easiest for Montreal to steal. They were used to the intensity of true playoff hockey. Flyers had a first taste of it. Yeah. I mean, we come back to the speed of play and to the intensity and the desperation. And you're probably right. I think if nothing else, the, the fact that Philly was able to, Oh, and Vancouver just scored uh, the fact that, you know, the flyers were able to, to kind of keep themselves above water in that second period when things really went awry. I think they took the best punch that Montreal's got. And even in the third period, there were some stretches there where Montreal looked incredibly dangerous and Carter Hart stood up to it. So I, you know, it doesn't mean that Montreal doesn't have another level to get to, but I don't exactly know what Montreal is going to do that that's going to make them exponentially more dangerous as the series they're, goes they're on. They're not going to score, Russ. They they don't have they don't have a great offense. They just really don't. Um, and you know, and the other thing, you you really got to give Claude Julian credit. He had Shea Weber and Ben Sherratt out against that top line all night. And those guys are two good defensemen. I think Ben Sherratt's very underrated. We all know how good Shea Weber is. Uh, you know, it's not easy sometimes playing against, when you play against really good defensemen, to create offense as well. So I'm, I know I'm going back to the old, the other point, but it, it, it just, it's just it's, it's not an easy game. It's really not an easy game. And especially not in the playoffs. These are the hardest games to to play in. These are the hardest games to win. Mm-hmm. You know, it is what it is. And and the Flyers are fine. Like I'm not I'm not disappointed by this tonight. Yeah, they, could they have been better? Yeah, but they won the game. That's all that matters. You want to you won the first game of the series. And I no- don't I don't see how Montreal can do more than what they did tonight offensively. Well, like, I don't have a problem with the way that this game was played. And like, honestly, I think you're better off if you're the Flyers to have a a physical series, even if it only goes five games and to have a, a series where there's, you know, high intensity rather than you blowing out the other team, because that does nothing to help set you up for success in the next round. So this is OK. And you're probably right. You know, I, this Montreal team has not been a bunch of world beaters in terms of, you know, going out and, and lighting up the, uh, the, the light behind the goal. All right. And Bilvis says that he thought that Braun got better in the third SC seven, four, seven, five over on Twitter tells me to relax and said that the ice was bad. Uh, Lee Carrasso says Friedman and Hague on Friday. I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll do both. Third. I think, I think, I think you'll see Haig. I'm not sure yeah. that you'll see Friedman. I can't imagine you see Friedman unless there's an injury or unless AV is really unhappy with with Braun because I don't see a way that they're going to put Haig and, and Ghost on the ice together again. Um, Adam DeVoren says, were you surprised Haig was a healthy scratch? Um, I'm not. I wasn't surprised. I mean, Gosses Bear had a really nice game against Tampa. I think he kind of kind of earned the game, earned earned the spot in the lineup. I don't think he did himself many favors tonight um, with the with the way he played, and 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 I and I know I know people were out there on Twitter saying you know well, he why do you point out Goss is bare other guys were bad too and they're right other 
defensemen were bad as well. The reason we point out Gossis Bear is because he has the shortest leash, right? So let's say Ivan Provorov had a terrible game tonight. Is there a chance Ivan Provorov's coming out for game two? No. He's going to be in the lineup. Mm-hmm. If Shane Gossis Bear has a bad game, is there a chance that he's a scratch and somebody replaces him? Yes. So that's why we pointed out because he has the shortest leash of anybody on the defense, right? So, um, so yeah, I wasn't surprised Haig was the healthy scratch. I th- you know, I think that Gossip Baird earned a shot to to you know go out there and, and do and play well. And I guess there's still a chance that he, you know, gets back. I'll tell you, he played more in the third period than I thought he was gonna. Yeah. They 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 played him more, but I think that that was more of an evidence of the fact that that you know Niskanen really wasn't playing great and he couldn't go to the top pair as, as much as they would have liked, um, even though Provorov played a ton. So uh I don't know. I, I mean, it's. I think. I think we'll see Hague game two, but I, I wouldn't say that with any, you know, with a hundred percent certainty. Uh, next up, we've got Anthony DeAngelis over on Facebook, who says, "I'll take two good periods out of three. Yeah, I mean, the first period was great. Second period was terrible. Third period was was fine. It wasn't. It wasn't a great period, but it wasn't a bad period. So, yeah, I mean, and you know what? More often than not, if you're the better team, unless you really give up a lot in that one bad period, you're going to win the game. BJ Beretta says Habs are playing a top, uh, top gear after an elimination series. Flyers had to acclimate to that level of intensity. I think the flyers are much better next game. They are too well coached not to be. And by the way, like this comes back to the idea of coaching on both sides, being very good an experienced head coach. And that, you know, the adjustments that are going to be made during intermissions and everything like that, that is where you start playing that chess game. And both teams are going to make adjustments. But I think BJ's right. I mean, now you've, especially the young guys on this team have gotten a taste of what the speed and the intensity of playoff hockey is going to feel like. And that, the fact that that came in a win doesn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, VJF says, uh, what did you guys think of Ghost tonight? I think we already kind of touched on that. Um, Ooh, Joe Stringer says, JVR is the Flyers Hoskins. (laughs) I, I yeah, I think Reese Hoskins. I mean, I know he had a bad game tonight. Apparently, I mean, I didn't see any of it. I know he grounded into three double plays, though, based off of what Twitter was saying. Um, Maybe he just shouldn't take the bat off his shoulder. He's afraid to swing it anyway. This, I, this go. That's not true. I thought that the last four games, I thought that he had. A, I thought that he's been swinging the bat better. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that we we are overly critical of the guy, and I know my partner on the other podcast, Bob Wankel, is one of those people who's overly critical of him. Um, I, I'm, I'm not as concerned. I mean, I, I was for a little bit there. It was, uh, it was multiple games in a row where he wasn't getting it going, but I, he's made good contact lately. So it's JVR uh, Hoskins. That's the question here. No, Captain. I don't think either one. I don't think either one is, is a bad player. Let's get it that way. Uh, spinning my wheels through life says JVR looks like he has the emotion of Nolan Patrick. Yikes. No, Anthony, J- <laughs> no. Anthony DeAngelis says, uh, can can we check Weber for PEDs? Yeah, I know, right? You would think. I mean, the way that, that guy's been through so many injuries and he's still a stud player. I mean, I would have loved to have seen him. In, he would have been beloved in Philadelphia. You know, I really liked him until the year that he and Pecorine uh, both took the Flyers caps out on uh, April Fool's. I don't know if you remember that years ago. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was like the following, the following season or whatever. And I was like, it's just not funny. Not funny, Shay. Don't do that to us. Not okay. Um, 
do, 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 do. We've got a couple more about Niskanen not looking so great. We have a comment about JVR being soft. Um, who made the game saving clear mid second, Nisk or Provorov? Not I, I'm not remembering it to be fair. Um, okay. So uh, spinning my um, wheels once again, chimes in says uh, Jake had some lazy passes. Let me ask you, you know, you said in the pregame show that you think that the um, Jake Voracek not being in the lineup against Tampa was not an injury, which would make one think that he was then a healthy scratch, which then makes you question why. And then you see that he's on the third line. And then you see that he might not have looked fully engaged. And now my question to you is what's going on. You're a good math teacher there. Thank you, Russ. Thank you. Your, your, your mathematics. I'm, I'm walking, are... I'm walking people through this. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't think that there's uh is there an a... off ice thing that's bleeding onto ice as well? Uh, I wouldn't go that far just yet, but I, I do think that, um, I, I, I'm not certain that Jake is on the same page as the coaching staff right now. Um, although he did what he was told. I mean, you saw the power plays, right? Yeah. You, you saw the, they changed his role in the power play, and he did what he was asked to do. Um, so I, I, I can't really knock him too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it wasn't the greatest five-on-five game, but we've seen these kind of five-on-five games from Jake Voracek before too. So I, I'm not ready to go there. I'm not ready to sit there and say that just because there was some off-ice friction, which happens more than is ever reported on every team and every sport, um, just because there may have been something like that, I I don't think it's bleeding onto the ice okay. just yet now. VJF says Grant was very solid defensively, broke up some dangerous plays. He's a good player. I mean, I th- he's a good two-way guy um i think he's kind of under the radar um i i I wasn't in love with that uh with that line tonight i just wasn't i just i thought that they were kind of shaky but i I get it you know i i you know i see you know he does make some good plays like no but no line is ever is is ever terrible the whole game or no line is ever great the whole game um, there's always going to be certain individual plays. So yeah, there were plays in there where, where Derek Grant played well. Um, uh, on the whole though, I, if I'm putting the three of them together, they, they, they're not a B they didn't have a B game tonight. Uh, next one we've got Lee Carrasso says, move Jake back to the first line. It's hard to do when you've had Farabee there for two games and he scored two goals, right? Yep. yep. Uh, Anthony D'Angelo says, I don't think we have stylistic fit with wingers for Grant. I think Aubrey Kubel fits with him fine. Yeah, I really do. Um, it's just that you, you know, finding uh, Jake Voracek doesn't fit on a third line. Jake Voracek is a top six forward. Yeah. Um, the second line wasn't great tonight. You know, we didn't, we haven't really said anything about that second line. But you know, Lawton's hate, mo- well, I think Lawton's motor was there. I thought Konechny's yeah. motor was still there. I mean, they were, they were, they were okay. Yeah, they were fine. But they weren't, you know, what we saw the first three games of the of the round robin when they kind of dominated. Okay, they were more energy than skill. Yeah, and so maybe we, you know, we we see how things go 
um, here moving forward. Maybe if they start to wane a little bit, if they start to fall off a, a, a touch, maybe that's where you find a spot for for Voracek, right? I yep. mean, that's because because Lawton can play on the wing on the third line and be just as you know provide just the same as he's prov- been providing. Don't go. Don't go demoting Scott Lawton. It's not demoting. It's not a demotion. It's really not. I mean, it's it's ultimately where he, you know, he's he's in that middle six somewhere, and, yeah. and I think he fits. And it's, you know, either way, he probably fits better with that third line okay. um, than than Voracek. And Voracek probably for Voracek, he probably fits better playing with skill players. That's all. B- BJ Beretta says, "I agree with Russ. Your goal scorer has got a score over the course of a seven game series times four. Thanks, That's BJ. fine. It's fine Appreciate to think it. that it doesn't. It Appreciate doesn't it. have to happen. Appreciate it. If yep. you have the depth that the Flyers have, Flyers are four and zero in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and who's who are their leading goal scorers? Scott Lawton, Nick Albay, Kubel, and Joel Farabee. Mm-hmm. At some point, that luck's got to run out. But it's not luck. It's, at some it's point, not that's luck. Got, at it's some death. point, at some point, that's going to run out. Why? Why? There's no. There's no. There's no way that you get through a Stanley Cup run, and those guys are your leading scorers. They can't be. They can't be okay. All right. I'll, like if we get to the, you know, if the team gets to the Stanley Cup final, and those guys are like your fourth, fourth well, and fifth, well, that's fine. Was your at leading- some point, at some point, your star players have to step up and score. They have to. It's a law of averages. You know, for the next snow, the goalie, I'll yeah, go back and I'll pull, ha- I will pull. I'll pull every Stanley Cup winner from the last ten years, and we'll take a look at who their leading their leading scores were. <laughs> We'll we'll just look at it. You're you're missing the point. Okay, this team is. We're not talking. This team does not have a superstar offensive player. Mm-hmm. Where was Travis Konechny led the team in points? Where did he rank in the NHL? Is 29th. If, was that is that right? I, but it was it, it's it, 29th. It, yeah, he was not nowhere near the top. Yeah, plays on your second line. He's a second line winger was your leading scorer in the regular season. Mm-hmm. So why, when you say the stars, you know, the stars have to carry, they got to score the goals. Why? This team is the number one seed defeated in the, in this round Robin and playoff so far. And they're doing it because they get, they get scoring from their depth. They get, that's what, that's what makes this team as good as it is. It doesn't matter who your leading scorer is. They, if they could go all the way to the final without Drew scoring a goal, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If they're yeah. winning games, it doesn't matter. Now, if they start losing and they're behind and you're saying, well, gee, the offense isn't producing, like it's the, the well has run and the the well has run dry. And at that point you get to there and say, well, why are we not getting any offense from these guys? But until that happens, it doesn't matter who's scoring. Okay. I'm going to pull it all for the next episode. It does. You can pull whatever you want, Russ. Okay. You can pull whatever you want. It doesn't. What I'm saying to you is, if your team is, I, this I hear team, what you're saying. No, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm saying, show me the historical precedent that supports what you're saying. I don't okay. think you're going to be able to. That's what I'm saying. I think you're making an excuse, and I think it's fine. There is no excuse. I'm not I making an excuse. I think, I think you're making an excuse because you you are so used to having to play the defensive side of, I don't know, defending, defending the veteran players. I think it's fine because typically flyers fans in general, like to look to the to turn the page to the next generation. I get that. 
and they often overrate what they think the next generation is going to be. And then when that that group of players, you know, gets to be 28, 29, they want to start turning the page again because that that core group doesn't win. I get it. And I get that you've spent a long time being on the other side of that argument. But I'm going to pull the numbers because I I genuinely right, want let, to see. Let, between... let me say, let me let me say this because you're going to pull the numbers. Pull the numbers. Let me say this: most teams don't roll four lines with this kind of even play that the Flyers do right now. Most teams, your roll put a, your top line forwards are playing 24, 25 minutes in a playoff game. So mm-hmm. of course they're going to be the ones that are going to score the most goals and, and and accrue the most points because that's they're out there the most when you have four lines that are playing between 13 and 18 minutes a night it's going to be more balanced it's it's just it's simple that's why that's why the flyers have more depth through the through, through this team and are able to get more guys to score and it doesn't matter you don't need to have somebody at the top of the scoring list so is the it then, so is it then a case where this team is just they don't have that same top end talent and like that, that they're that what would be considered their top end talent is not necessarily in line with what we've seen Stanley cup winners in the past be. And, and that's why they roll four lines because they feel like they have better overall depth, but the top of their top talent isn't quite what we've seen from winners in the past. They're playing on the fourth line right now, a guy who has scored 30 goals a season multiple times. I want you to find me the last Stanley Cup champion who was playing with regularity, a fourth line player who had 30 goals. You're not going to find it because the game has changed where now you, you want four lines that can play as opposed to only two lines that can score, one line that was a checking line and one line that was a bunch of fighters. Right. That's what hockey used to be. And so therefore, when you go back through and you look at it, of course, the top line guys are going to be the ones that are scoring the most. Isn't there also an argument to be made, though, that like in the case of JVR, who you're referring to, like, isn't it possible that we could also be arguing that in the past, some coaches that might not have the same clout would still be trying to force him into a second line role or a third line role because of his his accomplishments in his career? And those coaches wouldn't be winning a Stanley Cup now, would they? Well, I don't. I don't know. I guess not. Probably not. Okay. I just, you know, I, 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 I'm perfectly fine with how this is going. I don't have a problem with it in terms of like through the postseason, it can be fine. I'm just saying that at some point, you've got to get scoring from the guys who make the most money on the team, and they'll score. They will. They'll score. We haven't gotten a, Kevin Hayes hasn't scored a goal. Yeah. Right. Are we? Are we suddenly? We, after all the love that this guy got all season long through the entire pause, every question in every freaking press conference that we did on Zoom was how important was Kevin Hayes to this team? That was the most important acquisition of the season. Blah blah blah. Here's going. We've gone four goal four games now. The guy hasn't gotten on the score sheet. Oh my god. Oh, oh is he done? Is he not going to score anymore? He's terrible now. Come on. It's, it's, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The team has won four games without mm-hmm. any of their top players scoring. That should mm-hmm. tell you how good this team is. That should tell you why we're having this argument is beyond me. Because It's, it's fun. beyond me. It's because it's fun. I don't know. 
Kevin Hayes had three assists against uh, Washington. That was fun. That was a fun time. Yeah. He hasn't scored a goal since, uh, was it six games ago? Yeah. Six games. No, seven games ago yeah. against uh, Washington, March 4th. I hear you. All right, let's keep going. Yeah. Uh, Rich Horbaugh says, uh, remember big goal against Tampa came from ghost. We're back to that. Uh, spinning my wheels through life says, are we seeing the passing of the torch to the kids though? Is that, uh, is that a bad thing? Not depending on vets. No, it, it's not a bit. The flyers have one player on this team. Who's won a Stanley cup. That's Matt Niskanen. Matt Niskanen. Yep. Okay. Oh, he's the only one. So, it's not like this team is loaded with guys who've who've done this before, right? It, it to me, it's good that young players are difference makers on this team. There's nothing wrong with that. And when I say young players, I don't just mean you know the youngest of the young. I mean there are guys on this team who maybe have been in the league three or four years, but they're still considered young players because this is like really their first time that they're going to go on a, a run that's probably going to be more than just a, a six-game series in the first round against a superior opponent. So, yeah, it's good. It's good that the young players are, are doing what they're doing. Absolutely. BJ Beretta says, not questioning the effort of G and Coots. will be nice to see them fill the score sheet more. Of course it would be nice. It would be nice if they all scored more. But in, within within the confines of a 60-minute game, only so many people are going to score. They only needed two goals to win tonight. Okay. So the two people that scored those goals didn't happen to be named Giroux and, and Couturier. Anthony D'Angelo says Weber and Sherratt were out against uh, Couturier and Giroux all night. That's why they weren't dominant. So I said that, yeah. Chris Mack, 0-0 Flyers were awful and should have had four or five goals. Thompson missed two easy tips and Lawton. I wouldn't say they. I wouldn't say they were awful. No, it, I think they. Again, it happens. It happens. Yeah. And look, the pressure is on a little bit more in the playoffs. You'll find these. You'll find a lot more of these almost goals in the playoffs than you do in the regular season. Yeah, just because of everybody being a little bit just that much more tense. Uh, next one. Next one. The power play concerns me. Special teams can win or lose uh, a game in the playoffs, which. You know, that comes back to something that that you and I and Colby had talked about um, on the last episode of Snow the Goalie. But, you know, the the power plays across the league in a small sample size were all pretty low, with the exception of, I think, Tampa was the only one that was at 40 percent. And then it dropped off into the 20s and then it was a massive drop off uh, well into the, the mid to low teens. You know, I think that you could make the case that if you're one of the teams that's able to get the power play up and running sooner and take advantage of those opportunities you're probably going to get yourself in a, in a better position to you know end your series earlier you know if the flyers end up getting say two power play goals this game is over earlier than than it it would have been and you wouldn't have had such a stressful end there i mean i'm sure you didn't feel so stressed at the end of that game but you know you have an extra goal on the board certainly doesn't uh doesn't hurt no it doesn't hurt and they scored a power play goal yeah, they did. They scored a power play goal tonight. Like, yep. I mean, I don't know if you're if you're one for three. Was that, I think that's what they were on the power play tonight. If you're thirty three percent, that's excellent. It's not bad. It'll work. So, so that'll it, do. It'll that, work. That, that'll do, pig. That'll do. Yeah. Um, Rich Rohrbaugh wants to give you credit for giving me hell early in the show, not in the last one, but early. Mm-hmm. Um, BJ Beretta says you can't spell score without a C. Going back to your uh, thing about. The captain not having to score. Yeah. Uh, Flyers depth is something that can't be ignored in this series, exactly. which you which you outlined, and then also pointed out to me that you don't get sto- style points in the playoffs. Um, 
Bags 2020 says, I need someone to hate on the Canadians. Makes the game more fun with a villain. I don't know who it's going to be, but like you would think that conceptually, Scott Lawton, Travis Konechny are going to continue to get under Montreal's skin. And you would love to see what the media in Quebec are saying right now about those two. I'm sure that we'll get a lovely translated uh, article at some point. Somebody will read one and send it our way. Um, BJ Beretta says uh, the Phillies are a dumpster fire. The process has failed. The Eagles offseason was meh. Anything short of winning so convincingly tonight that the Stanley Cup isn't a lock wasn't acceptable. Uh, Chris G asks if there was any word on Raffle. We talked about this during, I think, the first intermission, or maybe it was pregame. Pregame. That, that he's uh, the injury wasn't like a, a fractured bone or a torn uh, ligament in his knee. It's something that will probably keep him out for a few more games here, but there is a possibility, I, I guess, that he could be back at the end of the series if need be. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I think he'll be back sooner than you think. Okay. And when he comes back, who goes out of the lineup? That's a great question. I mean, Thank I mean, you. your your initial the initial thought would be Faraby, but if he keeps playing the way he's been playing, it's not going to be Faraby. It's probably going to be somebody else. So. Um, so we'll see. Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe it's raffle. Maybe he doesn't come back. Maybe wow. things are going, maybe things are going so well with the lineup that you have that you don't touch it. Right. That's gutsy. That's gutsy. Um, flyers blues had just, blues just tied the game, by the way. Uh, you're, you're ahead of me by like five or six seconds. There it is. Um, flyers had price rattled early, something to watch. He doesn't normally react like that. We did talk about that after the first period. And that's why I think it was such a disappointment to see the way that the flyers came out and reacted in the second period, because you would think that they would have tried to build on the kind of momentum that they had and and building on getting into Montreal's head. And it, it ended up kind of working the other way. Um, bags, 2020 just wants to point out to you that all Reese Hoskins does is walk. It's true. Uh, spinning my wheels through life says Hoskins should be DFA'd. That's awful. Uh, there is no way that's going to happen. Uh, Frank MCG over on Facebook says, I felt that the flyers had the, I felt when the flyers had that power play late in the third with a chance to make it three, one AV should have had Hayes, TK Lawton, not, um, Voracek, Giroux and Couturier. Well, I'm okay with the second unit pushing the first unit. I think that that's a good thing um, that you give that you give the second unit an opportunity, but if the first unit is rested and, t- and, and not tired, you go, you start your power play with them. You always start with your first unit. There's a reason they're your first unit. Okay. Um, but, but if you want to get them off the ice a little bit sooner, maybe have their shift only be, you know, 45 seconds instead of a minute 15 or a minute 20, and then give that second unit a little bit more time. I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. Christopher Hauk asks if it's a concussion for Jake. If that's Jake, uh... Jake does not have an injury. Okay. I know that there's another mention earlier that uh, later on says he has a shoulder injury. He doesn't have an injury. Chris G says best save of the year. Price on Lawton. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be uh, touted that way. Um, but again, it, it to me that's a that's a luck save. And if you ask any goalie, they'll tell you the same thing. I bet you Carey Price would tell you it, it was a lucky save. Um, to me, some of the best saves are goalies reacting and get like getting across post to post uh, to make a save or a, or a lunging glove save just because they have the you know the cat like reflexes to get over. 
just sticking your stick out and, and praying that the puck hits it and it, it happens to do so. I mean, it's it's really cool. I thought it was pretty incredible to watch, but it's it's not like, oh my god, how did he do that? It was it was really luck. M. Flute says 2003 is such a great draft class. Uh, Weber and Bergeron didn't get selected until the second round. Uh, Anthony D'Angelo yeah. on Facebook says, um, when you guys hint at things, uh, I love when you guys are hinting at things you're hearing around the team. You know, the fun thing is, you know, we, there are certain things that we can say and certain things we can't say. Um, it's not like when somebody who works for a big paper is still clueless about what happened with the GM and the coach. A year later. <laughs> Still blows my mind. Yeah, that was something else. I want to know how much money people... Anthony, how much money do people make it at lar- at major papers that have tenure? Mm, you're probably looking at, you know, close to six figures, if not at, if not in six figures. Wow. Yeah. Whew. I mean, they may have taken a, a pay cut because of everything that's been going on yeah, mean, in recent years, but... Yeah, it's 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 they're they're making at the Enquirer they're making decent money. Yowie wowie, that's yeah. uh, that one. That's a that's a stinger. That is a stinger. All right, uh, who will start the first fight for the Flyers after tonight? Um, I don't know if they're going to. The one thing I, I will point out is early in the game. I don't know if anybody remembers this, but there was a uh, after the whistle. Uh, I forget who it was, but somebody went up to Konechny and cross-checked them, and then another guy came in and and cross-checked them a second time, and, and he just skated away. He just went, yeah, uh, I'm not getting involved. Yeah. And I think that's probably coached. That's probably a directive that we're not going to do that. We're not going to play those games with these teams. They're going to try and goad you into penalties. They can't play with you five on five. Everybody knows that the Flyers are probably, the, you know, if not the best, one of the top three or four five on five teams in this tournament. So they want they want to get into a situation where they have a power play. So if you don't give them that opportunity in those moments after the whistle, then you know. So I, I'm I'm not certain that there's going to be a fight unless something leads to one, like a a, a dirty hit or something along those lines. You might get I something. When, I thought when Farabee got popped, I don't think it was a dirty hit, but when he got when he got popped, I think if he stays down on the ice, that probably sparks something. But to his credit, he got right back up. Yeah. Uh, Rich Warbaugh says, serious question, no offense, is Russ wearing a hairpiece or just uh, unkept and needs a haircut? That's Listen, I have a five head. We've all known this for a while. I just didn't put anything in my hair, and it's going the wrong way. So it just looks like it's, you know, I don't know. I why, should, doesn't he ask, why doesn't he ask that question about me? Well, because you don't have any hair. Uh, <laughs> Chris Marie says, uh, second line was, eh. Matt K said, uh, Lawton Banks won if Price doesn't make the save of the playoffs. Bags 22 says, uh, afternoon game on Friday. 3 p.m. Yep. So we go 8 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 3 o'clock through the first four games. Yep. And then after that, um, you know, TBD. We assume that there will probably be a game five unless the Flyers just really assert their dominance, but maybe they will. I don't know. But the Flyers actually got lucky that at least we can plan on 8-3-8-3, whereas I think it's the Chicago series has four different start times uh, for each of their games, which is absolutely bonkers and 
kind of boggles your mind. Also, the Flyers got lucky in that they don't have any strange games um, being like played on, say, USA or, or CNBC or anything like that. They're all on uh, national broadcast on NBCSN, and then they've got the Saturday game is on you know the mothership of uh, NBC. Anthony Laminia says, can we talk about how refreshing it is to, t- to get timely goaltending in the playoffs for the first time since I've been alive? Too much lasagna for Jake and JVR pregame. <laughs> is that what they're serving in the bubble? I don't know, but I would be all about some lasagna right now. I'm, I'm feeling good about it. Chris G says, uh, please stop and do not break up the second line. It's only one game and they had opportunities. Well, I'm, not, I'm not breaking it up yet. I just was saying that it, it, it's possible that down the road, if they don't continue to play well, that if you need to make a change to get Voracek a little higher in the lineup, that that's where it would be. Bags2020 says stars need to be stars. We've got the comment here. Uh, we never won with G leading the way. The kids are ready to lead. I don't want to get into this with you again. Uh, Anthony Lamenia on Facebook says, Habs remind me of what the Devils did to us. Relentless pursuit of the puck a couple years ago in the playoffs. Um, believe it was the first round. Um, let's see. We've got more. Uh, it's amazing what a difference a goal uh, a goalie makes. So that's another another uh, tip of the cap to uh, Carter Hart. Frank MCG says, absolutely, the top players, really just the top paid, have to start showing up more if they're going to go deep. Chris G says, Ant's blood pressure going through the roof when we were talking about that a little bit earlier, and then said that your face looks reddish purple. I think it looks mauve. You're actually starting to, to blend into your background. I think you could probably see it, but I've, I've been getting a kick out of it mm-hmm. for a little bit. Um, we've got two back-to-back. Joe Stringer says, Blues weren't loaded. Going back to the idea of you know top scoring. Uh, also, comment they roll four lines because they can the only thing that they lack is a designated sniper whose mission is to put it on net uh <laughs> rich robot kept going with the updated um time stamps it was he went from ant giving it to me to uh ant is starting to look like he's gonna give it to us and then ant is now pissed at Russ. this is good uh he put eleven thirteen on that yeah yeah he could have put zero zero one on that oh that's just that's hurtful. So hurtful. Uh, tra- trade Hayes, LOL. Um, yeah. Frodo is getting killed. No Moss. No Moss. Why am I Frodo? Could I at least be Fredo? I know Fredo <laughs> gets shot up, but at least Fr- Fredo had a couple things going for him. I don't want to be. I don't want to be Frodo. Throwing a ring in Mordor or whatever. That's not my thing. Uh, Jackson Teller says that Lots should have flipped it to Sanheim. Could have. Anthony DeAngelis says, uh, thanks for answering my questions. Let's go Flyers. Well, thanks for checking in. Chris Mac 0 says, Russ is 100% right. Love it. That's my burner account. Uh, it's not true. Uh, and I'm I'm already done with the Giroux wife tweets about missing daddy. Go play. Go freaking play and score points. Well, there you go. Chris is not a big believer in the human side of, uh, of sports. Jeff Cantone says, by the way, Voracek has a shoulder injury. Does not, Jeff. I'm telling you, I'm unless it got, did it get reported at some point? Like, in, and, and, unless you got hurt it in the game today, which I didn't hear, but um, no, did not. Okay, he did not. If he did, that was not why he was left out of the lineup. And Billivis says uh, Weber can easily be a villain. Wait for the first monster hit. Mm-hmm. Adam Devorn says to Russ's point, I think they need to get four, four to five goals a game. Can't expect Carter to be this good every game. I don't think they need four or five, but like the way that this game set up, I think this Montreal team 
is one that if you get on them early and get in their heads, you'll get them off their game. 26 games in Toronto. Uh, and uh, the under has hit 18 of those 26, 18, seven and one. And the under is usually uh, right around five and a half. Yeah. So that means that the combined combined, these teams are scoring five goals or less mm-hmm. in the Eastern Conference. I, you don't. You're not going to score a lot. This is the playoffs. Is different. It's just this regular season. Adam, you'd be 100 percent correct. Um, in the playoffs, you don't need that many goals. Uh, here's a good question. Do you think that Lindblom has a realistic shot to play? I'm, I'm never going to doubt the kid. I'm never going to doubt him. I mean, to be where he is at this point. I mean, he's with them in Toronto. He's still quarantining uh, in his hotel, but once he's done, he's going to start joining them at practice. So I'm never going to doubt him. That said, I think it's a long shot that he plays. If he does, it's got to be very late. And then you kind of question inserting him back into the lineup. Because if you make it to the conference final or the Stanley Cup final, then you you figure that at that point you've got all your lines rolling. And it's it's yeah. uh, it's a hard decision to make. You there There is no way to ever bet against this kid. There's none. He's already done more in seven months and in all that fighting and not getting down on himself, uh, not getting, getting down or getting overwhelmed by the moment. The fact that he has managed and you give a lot of credit to family and friends for, you know, keeping spirits up and everything, but given what he's been through and the fact that he's going to join the team. I mean, I'm not one for moral victories, but that's about as, as close to a legitimate moral victory as you can get. And whether he plays or not, I think is irrelevant. Would it be cool if they make the Stanley Cup final and you see Oscar Lindblom out on ice? Like, does does that just become an all-time moment in NHL history? Probably. I would think it would, given the context. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll see. We're we're still quite a ways away from that being something that I think, you know, we could we could actually see. Um, Anthony DeAngelis says, figured out. Uh, who Provy looks like with his beard and a glow, a member of the fictional band Stillwater. I'm going to have to pull this up. Anthony, I want you to pull up Stillwater. We're going to, we're going to look into this. Um, somebody said, did Jake skip a COVID test? No. Okay. Jake left the bubble according to McGuire and he's lucky the NHL didn't put him in quarantine. Hmm. That's an interesting report. Haven't seen that one before. Be interesting. Uh, somebody points out the uh, writer that we may or may not have been referring to before. Maybe. Uh, Maybe not. It could be. Although there are a bunch of people who kind of fit that mold, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah. Joe Stringer, why did Farabee and Domi both get penalties in the crease instead of just Domi? Yeah, I didn't like that. I mean, I, so to me, I mean, I get it that the referees, it, it, it probably wasn't a situation where I'm not even certain Domi should have gotten him just a penalty. Like if you're going to call a penalty, then Farabee didn't deserve one. Yeah. I I think they would have been better served to just, you know, let it go. Don't call penalty either way. Um, Just, that's just part of, I know it's a face wash and, you know, as a Flyers fan, you get frustrated. Those things happen in games all the time and, and don't get called. The fact that they called both of them, they yeah, Farabee kind of gets screwed. He didn't deserve a penalty there. Um, 
but I would have been I would have been just just fine with them not calling it at all. Okay. Uh, Warren Birdie says, uh, Anthony, do you see some lineup changes for game two? Possibly Haig. Let's just go there. Yeah, I think that that's probably the one that I could see happening the most. Um, I, I don't necessarily know if I see any anything else. I think that I think that the the lineup will stay pretty much the same as far as the forwards are concerned. Uh, we got a couple more here. I got a wrap, uh, but let's see. Uh, Jake Gensel from Hockey Hotbed, Omaha, Nebraska, led the Pens and Goals with 13 to their last cup. Oh, how about, how about that? How about you mean that? you mean Sidney Crosby didn't lead the team in goals, or Evgeny Malkin didn't it lead the team in to, goals? It doesn't need to, because people who wear the C don't need to score. Or, or Phil Kessel didn't lead the team in goals? Uh-huh. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. And they won a Stanley Cup anyway? Right. I'm going to pull oh, the last 10 years. So I'm going to pull oh, the last 10. Just curious. Uh, Hart playing so well, can't go unnoticed. He's settled in really well. Uh, Rich Warbaugh says Voracek did ha- have a nice screen on the Provorov goal. Price never saw it. Uh, you guys are the best and make games so much more fun, says Bags2020. Well, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Bags. Uh, Anthony DeAngelis points out something about Fredo. We're going to keep that one in the comments. Uh, JVR and Ghost fe- uh, just seem like they fit the mold of the, or don't seem like they fit the mold of this team. That was an edit by Joshua. Uh, and then I wish Nolan Patrick would learn from Lindblom says spinning my wheels through life. That's its own. That's its own thing. Uh, Rich Orba says Lindblom, if he makes it back, it's going to be a huge bump for the team. AV will play him. Um, oh, okay. Uh, Anthony D'Angelo says, come on guys. Stillwater is a band from almost famous. Looks like the Jason Lee character. Yeah, I know who he's talking about. Okay. Didn't know at first, but yes. And, um, we have a comment here that says that Montreal got away with a lot of obstruction and interference. Guess what? Team, a lot of teams are getting away with it in the playoffs. Yep. It's going to happen. Yep. That's uh, good hockey. And then that's last- good hockey guys. You'll, you'll, you'll appreciate this version of hockey a lot more than you will when it, when nobody's allowed to touch each other. Rich Warbaugh, last question of the night and behind you over your left shoulder. What is that on the wall? Is that a huge mushroom? No, it's actually not. It's um, it's three pots on three different shelves. It's just kind of the way it looks from the angle that it's at, but it's, uh, absolutely, it's a wire really remarkable stuff here. Well, listen, thank you to everybody for joining in and watching or maybe even listening to the press row show post game show flyers win, uh, in somewhat decisive fashion, sort of. Uh, and now we get set for game two Friday, 3 PM. We'll be doing the press row show pregame first second and post game unless we make a uh, different announcement at some point on social media this week that is the plan we'll see how it goes um and we'll definitely be back later this week with a uh, snow the goalie although that might be it because it's what wednesday already and then that game's friday so okay maybe not another pod this week if we do it'll probably be the post game show if we don't end up doing the pregame first and second intermission we will have a recap of game two and that'll go in the po- and the podcast feed as well so make sure you subscribe on uh, every, anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, and uh, did I say Spotify? Spotify as well. iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. For Anthony, follow him on Twitter at Philly. I'm Russ at Joy on Broad. And of course, Snow the Goalie uh, can be found on Facebook.com slash Snow the Goalie at Snow the Goalie on Twitter and Instagram. For Anthony, I'm Russ. Talk to you Friday.